What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Marketing Podcast. Today, I'm sitting with Chris Shoptrain. He is the VP of Marketing at Kevil. This is a great conversation just about when you come into an organization early on, making efforts to prioritize what you're doing, being scrappy and understanding, okay, what's actually going to help the business? And then how do we put ourselves in a place where we can scale? So I love this, especially for anyone who is like, you know, a marketing team of one or two, and you're sitting there like, okay, I got a million tasks to do. How do I prioritize? I think Chris had a lot of great insight in this episode, so you should enjoy it. But before we get into it, as always, this episode is brought to you by Cave. We are a social media first creative agency based out of Los Angeles that help companies grow. So if you're feeling stuck, you need some help with your marketing, head over to cavesocial.com. We'd love to chat. All right, sit back, relax, enjoy this episode. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Marketing Podcast. Today, I got the VP of Marketing at Kevl, Chris Shuptrine. Chris, how you doing? I'm great, Jordan. What about yourself? I am doing well. I can't complain. I'm excited to jump into a lot in this episode. But before we get into that, I want to hear your story. So walk us back. Tell me how you found your way into marketing and ultimately uh, into Kevil and where you guys are at today. Yeah. So I took a roundabout way into marketing. I graduated in 2008 and uh, from University of Virginia getting an English degree. At that time, I had this bright idea to go to grad school doing writing. I applied to a bunch of MFA programs. I didn't get into a single one. So I started working at this local advertising tech agency, really only because my like ex-neighbor was working there and she got me the job. And it was entry level. It was doing customer service for a search engine marketing. And I from there started to get really into like the startup culture. I've always been into like building and solving problems. And it was a good mixture of like needing my writing skills to do emails, but also like analytical skills in order to like analyze the CPCs and try to optimize toward the right um, right revenue targets there. I, I was living in Charlottesville. I decided I did not want to stay there anymore. So I moved to Boston, found a job at an ad tech company doing customer support, client services there. I did that for a few years and then kind of just migrated into this marketing role. One opened up at that company, product marketing. And I was like, I've done this other thing for a while. Let me do this. And uh, really just fell in love with it. And I do think like the core of marketing, especially as a head of marketing, is product marketing. That's what you're doing. You're finding ways to position and promote your product which is often, especially for small companies, your brand. You're not going to be a multi-product company with a lot of things. You know, what's your brand and what are you trying to sell it? So I worked there for a while and then wanted to come down to Durham, North Carolina. I have family around here. Boston was a little too cold for me. And I found this job at um, Kevl. It was AdZerk back then. We rebranded um, about nine months ago to, to Kevl. And getting this job was super easy, but quite fortuitous. I moved down to Durham without a job. I was just saying, you know, total reset. And I found AdZerk on like a list of local startups. And I, I sent a note and I was like, hey, I, you don't have a marketing person, but if you ever want to hire one, I'm available. And this is my background. And James Avery, the CEO, got back like within 15 minutes saying, we actually just had a board meeting and in it, we decided we should hire our first marketing person. And I was like, well, this is great. And I think I started like two weeks later. Um, <laughs> 
coming in and really um, owning that uh, marketing strategy and, and taking us to the next level. I love it. I love when things just like fall into place and you're like, okay, you put yourself out there, take a chance. And then you're like, time's up. Well, timing in that, what's that luck plus preparation or what have you is like, mm. it's so, or luck is timing plus preparation. I love that. I love hearing stories like that. Now I do want to get into Kevil and you get there and obviously a company that says, okay, we're going to hire our first marketing person. Now you come in. And the company's grown and there's more employees now, but you're still, you're on a small marketing team, right? We talked a little bit off air. Talk to me how about how important it is when a company's growing, the organization's expanding, but the marketing team, you know, it's a couple folks. How do you all approach creating, managing, communicating effectiveness, all of that, you know, back to the team at large and also to the, the customers that you put out? Like, what is what are the things that you think really help you manage that whole process. Yeah. So I've been at Kevl now five years and it's grown from about 15 employees to 75 employees. And the marketing team right now is two. It took three years to hire a second marketing person. So it's definitely been a lot of scrappiness in order to push us along. And, you know, I think for communications, like internally, I've always understood the importance of a good relationship with the sales team. You know, we are an enterprise product. There's a trial period, sales involved to help push people along in that process. So it's been very important that we are, our two teams are working together. So I do weekly email recapping everything that we're working on and updating everyone on our goals. And even just like, a simple weekly email like that offers so much transparency and really helps everyone get on the same page. There'll be responses to those emails like, have you thought about this? I'm like, no, well, that's great. And that's the type of communication that may not happen in a meeting, even if you're all together, because you know meetings often always run up against time and some of those other ideas aren't brought up. I think a key strength that the team has right now is really understanding priorities and how to prioritize all of the different things we're working on. Because yeah, when you're two people and you have a hundred different projects that's on your list, you know, how are you going to figure out which ones you should focus on? And it's so easy to also get lost because there are tons of articles out there of like the top 10 things you should be doing as a marketer or the here's a list of 100 things on how to optimize your SEO strategy. <laughs> so, you know, so many things can be added to the list, but not all of it is right for your stage of company. So really, the, my team has been um, diligent about trying to identify where we are, you know, what are quarterly goals, but where we are as a company, what's our stage, what's our main target, and what do we think's realistic, which allows us to... To, to trim the fat a little bit, so to speak, you know, we don't put out a lot of content. We do put out content, but we don't put out a lot. Like we're not writing fluff pieces. We're like, well, what is the goal of this piece of content? Well, it's to be number one for the key term in our industry and then drive backlinks for it. And let's, let's spend six weeks on that one piece because we know the benefits are going to pay off more than a like, what is an ad? And yeah. <laughs> uh, writing an article that never gets indexed because a thousand other companies were like, I should do this. I'm bored. I have nothing else to do. I love that. And I love this idea of being scrappy. And I think a lot of times when people hear scrappy, they think like, oh, it's just like rushed. And it's like, no, 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 that's not what it means. What it means is picking the highest value item and focusing on that first and letting some other things that maybe your massive competitor is doing 
It's like, cool, we don't need to go on clubhouse chats right now. Like, we need to focus on this one piece of content that can provide, you know, organic traffic to the website and help with demand gen over the next two years. That's where we're going to put our effort. I think that when you have to prioritize like that, it really takes your ego out of the marketing because you're like, I'm not going to do things that are ego driven. It's literally what is causing an impact to the business and how do we expand on those efforts? The other thing it does too is when you're, and this is such an interesting thing, is scrappiness combined with the prioritization, you have to look at in your position how, and in a lot of positions, my company's position, everything is, I always say like, it's like punching above your weight class. Like how do you get on the field, right? Like if a football game is going on, you need to just like, you don't need to be in the stadium. You need to be on the field. How do I get on the field? Maybe I'm not the star player just yet or the, the brand. I'm not this company that everybody knows of, but it's like, I need to be in a position to bid, bid effectively, have a night and actually get the attention, book meetings, all of those things. Talk to me a little bit about Kevil and really that as a, a brand positioning, how you guys go about saying like, okay, hey, we're an enterprise, like we're, you know, 60, 70, 75 employees. But we're we're here to compete with the you know the thousand two thousand person company, and we have this product. Has that been an uphill battle? Has there been some crafty ways? Like, how do you guys approach that positioning? <laughs> there was a lot there, Jordan, but I'll uh, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll look to address them. I think uh, yeah, just everyone who is is marketing business has to understand if they have a value prop, right? And if you don't have a real selling proposition, you know, nobody's going to be interested in you, even if you, if they do try to find you. But let's say you've identified some value of your product and you think there's an opportunity to get more customers without having to like incentivize them or anything. For me, when I look at like the selling process, really it comes down to three things. It comes down to discovery. It comes down to like what I'll consider enticement. Like how do you get them interested? Like how do you get them to want to reach out and and book a meeting with you to talk more? Uh, and again, we're an enterprise process. There's not like a self login for us. Like you do have to chat with sales. So like for me and my role, I'm looking at you know how do we get them to fill out that contact form and want to chat. And then three is the sales. Like once they come in, how do you sell them? And those are three distinct problems that need each one is addressed in order to like fully answer the question. But I think discovery is absolutely important because you're not going to have any leads if nobody finds you. And I do think small companies, they'll go one of two directions. They may focus on inbound or outbound just to use those tools very loosely or use those words very loosely. We went the inbound route to start and that was, okay, we provide tools for building an ad platform. It's technically in the like ad server space. You know, we're different because we're more of a API infrastructure approach to that in the same way Stripe was the counterpart to PayPal's more like widget process. Um, but still like ad serving tools is how people find us. So, you know, how do we get to the top for that phrase on Google? Uh, how do we get on every single like top ad server list as a small company? You know, why would they go out of the way to add us and trying to find ways to do that? So we did a really good job with SEO and with discovery so that if somebody's searching for anything that's in close to the product or a problem set that we solve, like they're going to find us. Great. So that starts to drive inbound traffic. 
Now, how do you get them to convert? And that's through your value prop, right? That's through message testing. Constantly was doing A-B testing with Google Optimize and figuring out, you know, what's the right headline that works? And you may not think like the third sub headline is going to make a difference, but it really can sometimes. So it's like really important to optimize that. And all of that feeds into your general positioning statement that you'll use on marketing materials elsewhere as well. And, you know, once you're able to hone in your messaging on your site to what you want it to be, then it's about the selling process for, again, an enterprise service. And that is where, honestly, it's about storytelling through content, like all the different stages of that buyer journey, giving them the right content. That's like, oh, you had this question. Well, here's a blog article about how you can address that. Or here's what others in the industry have done. So here's some examples here. Uh, But also, polished proposals. You know, I see what some other smaller companies do and it's like, you know, a Word document without their logo and it just looks ugly. And like, honestly, work with an Upwork designer for like $100 to design a really nice template that your sales team or the marketing team can just insert the right things into. And it does wonders. And, you know, put images of like the team that the person will get, have uh, quotations and social proof and other uh, logos on that. Just make it look professional, right? Because that's what the really large companies are doing because they have large teams who can spend time building those. And it's this whole thing, right? Like, look, If someone's going to make a significant purchase or a a multi-year long agreement and there's a lot of money on the line, like the first interaction, like to your point, it's like, it can't be a word document. Like I think that's such a like, even if you're amazing, it's like every touch point you have with the customer matters from when they read that blog, Mm -hmm. that first blog to the meeting to, hey, I sent the contract and I, and, or I sent the proposal and it looks, it's branded. It looks great. It gives them that extra sense of assurance right before they sign. Then when they sign, amazing. They're immediately, let's get the kickoff call. Like all of those things matter. And I think when we look at organizations and a lot of us who are listening and you know, if we're sitting there and we're on a small team, look for those gaps right now in your customer journey. What are the gaps where they're not getting the experience that you want? It could be you're not doing the kickoff meeting in a close enough time. It could be, hey, they get to an end of a really useful blog and you don't have links to other, the next natural question they would have at the bottom, right? Oh, is that contact form hard to use? Let's examine the gaps of that whole experience because I think that's the thing. If we can remove those friction points, really double down on the value prop and to your point, compete with these big companies, mm. right? It's we can't afford. We can't afford to lose something on because we had a typo in a proposal. It's just too, the stakes are too high. Yeah, exactly. And if Salesforce is pitching someone, they can afford to misspell, you know, a fourth of their words, right? Because it's Salesforce and they have the weight of their empire behind them. But if you're a startup and you're a small company and, you know, you're, you're David and Goliath here, like you need to be perfect. And if you have odd formatting, right, somebody's just going to be like, oh, well, you know, I already didn't think they were great because they're so small. And then look at this. It's unprofessional. Like it's just going to be immediately like a uh, excuse. So if you can like check all of those boxes, be professional, give them what they want, and especially give them like the care and concern because not all these large companies in that selling process will cater as much. So if you are hand-holding them through the process and absolutely professional, where the core like goal here 
is that they never know that you're not a 5,000 person company, right? Mm -hmm. If you do everything the same, especially since everything's like digital, they may like later go back and be like, oh, you only have 20 people. Wow, that's really surprising. You know, you, you present yourself well. Get them to a point where they don't have to think about that. And that last sentence there is the kicker where they don't have to think about that. And that is making yourself not a choice as a vendor, but the choice as a vendor. I say that to my team all the time. We're not competing to be a choice. We're here to be the choice. How do we separate that? Is that creating extra content that they did, like it's outside of the parameter, giving them the free stuff, like doing some things that we can, and anyone listening, there's something you can do right now that puts you just a foot ahead of the competition. And a lot of times it's not even a major thing. It's like sending a handwritten note after after your proposal or after you met or anything, something like that, that the sales force is not going to write handwritten notes to people. Like no. it's just, that's the reality of it. So mm-hmm. look for those areas, the white space, look for where you can compete. And I think that that's how you win in this game of like, you know, B2B enterprise uh, sales, enterprise organizations, things we're selling mm-hmm. if you're a service provider, that, that's where to go. Chris, before I let you go, can you let people know where they can learn more about Kevl and also connect with you online? Yeah. So if you want to go to kevl.co or kevl.com, because we just acquired the .com version, which is exciting and a uh, whole nother story to talk about that process. <laughs> and then if you'd like to chat with me, I'm just chris at kevl.com or kevl.co for now, because we still have to update those or cshoptrine at kevl.com. I'm also on LinkedIn. So you can feel free to, to look me up there. Amazing. And I'll put links to both of those uh, in the show notes page. Chris, great. thanks again for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for chatting, Jordan. All right, everybody. That's it for this episode. As always, I'm your host, Jordan Shelton. I'll catch you next time. Oh.